Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to episode 346 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... To infinity and beyond! Matt, how are you doing? I'm very good, David. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you very much. It's been a couple of weeks since you've been on. What have you been up to? Interesting thing between last time I was on and this time. Uh, last time I was on, Liverpool failed to win the Premier League. And in between then and now, they failed to win the Champions League. So um, <laughs> all, all good on, on that front. Uh, but very well done to uh, Real Madrid, who beat them in the uh, cup final. I'd like to apologise to Sorry. any Liverpool fans listening, by the way. No, they think they're the best team in the world. They do. <laughs> uh, anyway, apart from apart from laughing at Liverpool, I've been watching, I've been watching uh, Barry which has continued to be really excellent uh, I put this on uh, I think Facebook yesterday I think it's out of shows that are sort of currently airing it's the, the one I'm kind of enjoying the most at the moment it's up to episode I think 7 came out today I've not seen uh, episode 7 yet but uh, that's, I think there's probably 8 so there's probably about 2 more to, to go and it's been renewed for its next one really really great so far excellently well paced really kind of intense and we've gotten to a point with the story where there's a lot of people going after Barry at the moment. Uh, it's a bit a bit of background in case some of you don't know about the show and all that. It's about a guy called, well, Barry. And he used to be kind of a hitman assassin. And he tries to leave that life behind and become an actor. And he meets this uh, woman, this friend, and she's kind of involved in that business. So that's how he kind of gets involved and, and they sort of start a relationship. That's kind of the gist of the start of it. But of course, being involved in those types of businesses, you don't really just walk away from being something like an assassin. So there's people from his past that try and sort of catch up to him. And we've had a lot of instances this season where there's like random groups of uh, people, some of which we don't know who they are yet, and they'll just kind of start shooting at Barry. Uh, Barry will be kind of just walking home from the shop, like a perfectly normal kind of scene, and you'll get, like, people on bikes, for example, that will ride past him and start just opening fire in the street at him, and it makes for some, like, very interesting and intense scenes, but you kind of think he gets himself in these situations, these, like, life or death situations, and you think, how are you going to get away from these people or get out of it? And he always, he always has a very realistic, reasonable way of getting away from certain things. Obviously, he's skilled in kind of doing that. He's had to do that kind of since he became an assassin. And there's a particular like scene I want to highlight from the previous episode, which is where people on bikes are basically chasing him, which isn't really a spoiler because we don't even know yet who those people are. Again, people from just his past that probably found out where he was and went after him. And uh, because I watch and play most things with earphones in because I, I just personally I just find more sort of immersion in that and you yeah. get like better three you get better sort of 3D sound qualities and, and that sort of stuff and there's a scene on this like motorway in episode 7 where he's on a bike and a few people are chasing him on a bike and they're trying to shoot at him just in kind of broad daylight they don't really sort of care I suppose they're just gunning for him as the camera's following both between him and the other characters you're getting this like whooshing sound in your ears because obviously they're speeding past all these like cars that have had to come to a stop because like the motorway is already busy and that sort of thing it made this really good bit of sound design that sort of happened in the episode I actually re-round the scene twice and watched it <laughs> again which was uh, really good but I just find little touches like that where you've just kind of specifically bothered to put that type of sound in 
in. I mean, I could kind of tell if it was a car that was on the left or the right, you could hear it out of the left and the right channels. It was uh, it was really quite good. But no, it's been really, really brilliant so far. He just keeps finding himself in these dangerous situations and the way he's like navigating them and getting away from things and all that is uh, really interesting. You're even starting to see now, because people that he's kind of killed in the past, there's been a couple of scenes where people that have been like their family members have found out about this guy called Barry and they want to sort of go after him. And you've seen some of those because you go, I mean, it's kind of his past again, coming back to haunt him where people have found out again, it's America. So gun access and that. And they just end up with a gun and they they start trying to go for him. Been brilliant. You you don't watch the show at the moment, do you? I think. No, it's one that everybody tells me is great and I just haven't had time to get to it yet. But uh, yes, I will catch up with it at some point. Yeah, it's on uh, season three is coming to the end already for its third season. Uh, We waited a while for it, but uh, that's been a brilliant, brilliant show. And uh, either after this podcast or a bit later, I'll probably go and watch uh, this week's episode so uh, really good stuff on that been watching the uh, Essex Serpent as well which has got one more episode left in its season it's an odd show because it's a very good show at what it's doing and the scenes that you get with the Essex Serpent which are near this swamp lake type of thing are quite intense because anytime any character especially uh, there's a lot of sort of season two cull type of kids running around in, uh, in this show you know sort of like they're not being watched by parents and stuff and they're kind of just running around because there's quite a few scenes where like kids from the village and stuff will just kind of wander around and they'll, they'll end up near this lake and you'll think oh god like this kid's gonna like find themselves in in trouble because this Essex serpent can kind of pop out it doesn't have a lot of the actual Essex serpent in it but the character drama and everything else that's still going on around the Essex serpent is actually really good and this if you call it this week's episode the most recent one kind of does that again where they sort of they keep teasing this Essex serpent thing and they're not showing it that much it's a bit like you know how we sort of moaned about there's not enough flash in the flash yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, a, a bit like that it, but... it's sounding a bit like the whole Jaws thing of the entire movie's about a shark but they barely showed the shark I mean there was practical reasons for it in that particular case because uh-huh. the shark broke but I mean it sounds like it's it's that sort of setup in that they're keeping the tension by not showing the creature very much yeah which is a problem but I'm still really kind of compelled by everything else in the show that's alright yeah. so, so it's not it's not sort of this thing where I'm like oh my god this is boring just get back to the serpent because that's like the big yeah. splashy highlight stuff so it's kind of weirdly okay what they're doing yeah yeah fair enough I think what they might do in kind of classic TV style is showed the serpent doing something in the finale um, which would make sense but aside from that it's still a very good show Yeah. so but that's some of the stuff I've been up to Uh, have you you caught up any of those episodes? I I haven't no I've seen it's been on there there's just been so much other stuff around recently that I I really Mm -hmm. just haven't had a chance to get to it so yeah but out of the list there's a few things you've got on your list that I've been watching but uh, what are some of those? Obi-Wan obviously that's still going biggest launch outside of a movie launch for Disney Plus apparently it's still been beaten I think by Stranger Things in terms of minutes watched but there are a lot more minutes in Stranger Things than there are in Obi-Wan so um, Obi-Wan episode 3 I thought did a really really good job we uh, some spoilers here Uh, we did get Darth Vader in episode 3 who hadn't been in the first couple of episodes I mean it's not a spoiler that he's in the show it's just if you didn't want to know when he shows up but uh, yes Mm -hmm. so um, apparently that scene when he comes into the village was supposed to be quite a lot more brutal originally and they toned it down a bit it was Mm. it was kind of him doing the end of rogue one walk through the corridor thing right yeah you know just superb they are with that character i mean it is hayden christensen underneath the mask 
but you wouldn't really I mean you could literally have put anybody in that suit at the moment because it's James L. Jones back doing the voice so it really just needs to be a sort of appropriately sized warm body in that suit I guess but I mean it's mm. still nice that he is there doing it and I, they may alter that as we go a bit further into it we'll see that's been really good I like the sort of direction that they've gone in this because it's very much not what you necessarily expected it was going to be out of the gate you know kind of thought well it's him on Tatooine and you know obviously they've got a young Luke so surely that's going to be the main thing and it isn't it's something else entirely and you end up with like Leo being the main character and I really really like what they're doing with that I think introduction of the Inquisitors in live action I know the end of the second episode upsets some people around that because it sort of changes something in Rebels with the actions at the end of that second episode unless it's a fake out which it might very well be we'll see whether certain characters re-emerge or not but i'm really really enjoying that i think they're doing a really wonderful job with it overall yeah great so far and what your thoughts on it i'm really loving it so far i mean ian mcgregor as uh obi-wan's just fantastic a young actress that's playing leia is really really good she like perfectly embodies that sort of young, the sort of young version of that character yeah. i think that both the tease of darth vader that we got and then the actual appearance of him was just incredible i was watching the scenes with darth vader and stuff and i was thinking is there a more iconic character in the world um, i mean i mean this is a character that like you can tell who he is by breathing yeah i mean you know you could argue that there are characters you could tell from silhouette you know maybe you batman or somebody like that but right, like a superman flap, flapping cake yeah cake you know thing. certain characters that might maybe like that mm-hmm. you know joker possibly from a laugh but yeah. there are very very few that are quite as iconic that would work as a silhouette work as a sort of just the breathing noise Mm. very few sort of live action characters which would work that well as just that sort of iconic and stand out I mean Mm. the things they've been doing with him particularly in the comic books and in the later movies the things like Rogue One which really put the menace into him I I think have just been brilliant I'm really interested to see Mm -hmm. where they go with this I think it's been absolutely superb so far it's just that thing of like when you get Darth Vader walking out the shadows like he doesn't even have to walk very fast he can just you know well he doesn't walk yeah. really really walk really really slowly and you see his lights emerging from his armor and you hear his breathing and you don't even need to sort of fully see him to know that the threat is there kind of thing yeah because there's a little edit that they did i think it was the end of episode two where obi-wan's giving that look of like oh he's out there and you can they, they do this edit thing yes. with, the, with the breathing and you're like okay darth vader's coming it's the sort of warning and yeah like you said unless it's like the joker laughing in the darkness or something but it's not quite exactly the same thing maybe but no. um it's just brilliant e- even after all these decades that we've had you know of star wars content they still managed to do that with darth vader yeah so. really looking forward to watching the rest of that um stranger things as well i'd only watched the first episode last week i'm now up to episode six i still haven't quite finished it yet so i've got the finale or the the part one finale to go and about half of episode six i think to go that's been really good they are all longer episodes there isn't a single episode that's under an hour long most of them are about an hour 15 an hour 20 so there is a lot of stuff going on in there i didn't feel the length in the first two episodes i noticed it a bit more with sort of three four and five i do think there could possibly been a little bit more editing going on in some of those but overall i think it's been great the characters are great it's compelling it's interesting the way that this season is set up because you've got the characters in very distinct different groups you've got a group that 
Edwards and Hawkins. You've got a group in California. You've got the stuff going on with Hopper. And that's made them choose other people as being the lead roles as well. You've got L kind of off doing one thing, and then you've got Max becoming a much bigger character this time around as mm-hmm. well. I think that's been a really interesting shift. The dynamic between Steve and the girls, I think, is really good. Nancy. Yes, both the girls, I think, has been really good. Uh, mm-hmm. and the, But I, I particularly love the duo of Steve and Dustin. It's just hilarious. That's always good, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely hilarious, the pair of them together. Mm-hmm. So I really like the setups and what they're doing with the characters. Elle's got her own thing going on, but because she's been depowered, you've kind of removed her slightly from the mix of things. You know, the main stuff to do with the Upside Down, and they're not in Hawkins. So the Upside Down stuff is all kind of other characters dealing with that right now. So mm-hmm. um, overall, really, really enjoying it so far. The final two episodes, episodes because it's been got this weird split where they've got what seven episodes and then eight and nine are coming july 1st those last two episodes 85 minutes and two hours 19 minutes for the finale <laughs> so it's basically feature length yeah and we've got another season to come after this so lots and lots going on i mean they could have probably done a 16 episode season out of this if they'd split it up slightly differently pretty but much yeah I'm, I'm glad that they've uh, done it the way that they wanted to it's good netflix have given them the freedom to that yeah i think the season has been brilliant I uh, put out my review over the weekend, said it was still one of the best shows on television. I do think season three is slightly better, but that's not putting season four down. That's just my, it's just a preference thing. That scene in episode four, the big talking point with the music and stuff, that was really, really quite incredibly well done. Um, I'm <laughs> sure for those of you that have seen episode four, I'm sure you know what I'm, uh, Yeah. I think the artist for that song, her music got obviously a bit of a spike. Yes, it was uh, the, Kate Bush in that, yeah. that bit. And uh, she's going back up the charts because of Stranger Things which I'm sure her mm-hmm. bank account is very happy about. <laughs> yeah, that was maybe one of the best, if not the best scene in uh, Stranger Things. So yeah. that was really good. But no, an excellent season. I think the show surprisingly manages to get away with longer episodes because of course, if you've got longer episodes, you've got different types of pacing issues to deal with. And you've of course got to make sure the episode is structured well because obviously if you've got longer episodes, you've got more in them. So you've got more scenes to put together as a piece of a puzzle. I think it surprisingly manages to get away with it. So mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, that's been great. New stuff this week though the boys return for season three of the opening of that first episode i mean we're a family show i can't really talk about that, that opening no i, I don't uh, think there's a family friendly way to describe there is a, that even possibly a family friendly way to describe the opening episode because there is a lot of blood <laughs> and it's heroes screwing up again and the boys turning up to arrest them essentially i mean that is a change this season because they are working more directly for the CIA and they are not actually killing heroes which is what they've been done before they are arresting Uh them instead that's sort of a difference but yeah I mean that was something else that opening sequence (laughs) I think it's fair to say it's interesting where they've kind of put the various characters this time around because you've got Butcher basically working for the CIA kind of clearing up wayward heroes as they uh, get into various bits of trouble you've got the seven but a train as we found out last season he's having heart problems so he can't run anymore homelander's kind of been neutered because of the events of season two i mean obviously he's not lost any of that power he just he's being prevented from using it starlight gets
gets a bit of a bump up in the rankings and is incredibly popular and that sort of comes back to cause her problems I guess in some respects uh, mm-hmm. The Deep is still hanging around MM's gone off to try and be a family man so that team has sort of fallen apart because Huey is now working directly within the CIA and he's sort of Butcher's boss kind of you know or the one mm. giving him orders you've got stuff going on with Frenchie and the female and there is a plot line developing with those two about Frenchie's past and sort of various shady past so you've got that going on and you've also got the soldier boy stuff coming in as well which is interesting we do get a few scenes in those opening three episodes of Jensen Eccles in flashback I'm really interested to see exactly where that goes because Soldier Boy is essentially Captain America, but or, mm-hmm. you know, but obviously a douchebag because all the heroes are in this as well. <laughs> really interesting sort of things set up. Stormfront is still hanging around as well at the start of the season. So uh, yes, I really like the direction they're going with this. I kind of binged my way through the first three episodes of it. It works very well having those three drop together, and then it's going to go weekly. But I'm really intrigued to see where they go with the rest of the season but I love the setup for this I think given where they've placed everybody and where they've got to by the end of the third episode this could make for a really intriguing season so far I really like the opening three episodes I brought back my um, Diabolical 7 podcast which was good fun the opening three episodes it fixed the problems that I had with season two could still come back but for those three episodes those problems were kind of not there as much which I found to be a lot more uh, of, of a better watch and everything um, Soldier Boy is really interesting obviously got Laurie Holden's character as well so that was uh, pretty good and yeah those opening 10 minutes or so were, were quite were quite something <laughs> yes yes yeah. they were and I was saying on my episode on like Thursday night or Friday night that because the boys is so deliberately trying to be a sort of out there show like just keep going for it because I, I don't think that stuff is put in there for like you know for shock value or anything some of it does have plot reasons and stuff it, we all know what type of adult show it is at this point so just uh, keep kind of going for that just see where they can uh, take some of that stuff but no I like a lot of where the characters have ended up and what's kind of going on and I'm uh, looking forward to the rest of the season yeah like you say yes they are put in there for a certain amount of shock value but also it's not out of character for the heroes you yeah. know it involves the character a sort of Ant-Man-esque type of character that can shrink himself down and in the context of the show the events of that opening episode seem very much in character for the type of things the heroes will be doing if you could have yeah. a character that could shrink to that size I mean it's very much Seth Rogen Evan Goldberg-esque because they did things like Preacher which was kind of bloody and violent as well and mm. it feels very much in their wheelhouse that sort of thing but I mean just brilliant really really great opening three episodes that the Orville came back as well. That has its only its first episode come out. Interesting place to start for the opening episode because if you remember the end of season two, they ended up having a big war with the the race that Isaac, who is the sort of android character, they ended up having a war with those guys. When we start season three, Isaac has been allowed to stay on the ship, but he's kind of been ostracized by the rest of the crew. It very much leans more into the sort of drama than the comedy, that opening episode. And it's always been a show which 
certainly in the second season very much started to straggle the drama a lot more than it had in the first season. It was sort of interesting, maybe not as what I was expecting, but they are dealing with some fairly heavy kind of subjects in a sort of interesting way with that. It's dealing with sort of how Isaac is coping by the fact that the rest of the crew seem, or a lot of the crew seem to sort of hate the fact that he's still there and he is being ostracised and blamed. And he was partly to blame for the fact that, you know, a lot of their fellow sort of crewmates and people on other ships around their group got killed. So it's an oddly serious episode to come back on, but it is something that I think if you're going to keep the character of Isaac in there, it's something that did sort of need addressing after where they ended season two. So I don't know. It's just felt a bit weird coming back for that because it's very jokeless. I mean, there's a couple of odd throwaway lines in there, but it's much more drama than it is comedy. Interesting. And I will certainly carry on watching it, but tonally a bit odd, certainly for for the opening episode coming back. Have you watched this yet? I've only seen the pilot of or the Orville. That was for like a TV talk episode we did a while ago, but I, right. it wasn't out of lack of interest. I just never kind of continued with the show. Yeah, that's a sort of interesting one, but only the first episode so far. We'll see what where it lands with the rest of it because the tone is a little bit different for this one. That's been off the air for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a lot of work getting that back, but I, I'm glad it is back. And I mean, it may yeah. be a final season. They don't know yet, but we'll see. The other thing was the flight attendant as well, which I've got to the end of that dropped on Sky. I have watched through the whole of that now. I thought the second season was brilliant. Kelly Klokus actually saying that she doesn't see that coming back anytime soon. She hasn't completely ruled out a third season, but she's basically said they think it wrapped up quite nicely at the end of season two. And she's kind of not sure about where they go with a third season if they bring it back for a third season. So it may be one of those shows that get arrested for a couple of years and then possibly either comes back or doesn't depending what she's doing so don't be surprised if that doesn't turn up for a third season anytime soon I really enjoyed the second season of that I think they managed to continue the story on from the first one in a satisfying way whilst still keeping the weird thing where she starts to basically see things in her head which they had for the first season and they managed to do that in a kind of interesting inventive way for the second season the plot line keeps you guessing on exactly where it's going although I think it is fairly obvious who the villain is from fairly early on. I certainly was kind of, well, it's that person. Clearly, it's that person. So I kind of clocked it early on, but still works very, very well, I think. It's certainly enjoyable. She's a joy to watch on that. Comic timing is great. It's got a lot of comedic and dramatic moments in that show. And uh, if if they only do two seasons of it, fine. That would be great. But I would like to see more. I I think there are places you could take it with the third season, but it does wrap fairly nicely at the end of the second season as well so have you caught up with that yet? Yeah I've put my uh, season 2 review out for that Um, I I pretty much agree with everything that you've said the standout quality for season 2 I think is Kaylee's acting especially the uh, PTSD type stuff that she's dealing with and the sort of the the scenes that happen with that and everything I think that's the big standout I don't think it's as strong as the first season I think one of the ideas like Kaylee kind of said as as you mentioned there if you do come back for a third season because you've got some great characters that you could work with certainly but I don't know what you would do with a, yeah. with a third season and I think you know we came in season
season one, he had a very kind of clear idea. And even though season two's got a good idea, it sort of has become one of them shows where you could have done it as a limited sort of one and done thing. Second season idea was good, but not as good as what you did before. But you did wrap it up pretty well anyway, so you don't need to come back for a third season. Yeah. But it was still a good, enjoyable season of TV that, again, my main highlight was uh, Kaylee's acting. Yeah, very much agree with you on that. I thought Kaylee was really, really solid in that all mm-hmm. the way through it. There's a lot of kind of close-ups of her and stuff as she's dealing with emotional things, mm-hmm. and that can't have been easy to kind of pull off. So Yes, that was really good. The other thing which has been taking up my time is I've actually watched all the third season of For All Mankind, which is back on Friday for its third season but I I got sent some previews of it obviously I'm not going to spoil anything about it other than I mean if you've seen the trailers you know the basic premise of it is that they have moved forward into the kind of late 80s early 90s and there is now a race on Mars having had previously sort of dealt with the moon for the first couple of seasons so they're now moving forward 10 years and you're dealing a lot more with bits of passing of the torch between some of the older characters and the young characters not entirely yet but they are gonna eventually if they make more of this at some point you're going to have to get to a point where the original cast are going to have to leave because they jump forward 10 years each season and if you're going to jump forward 10 years each season i mean they don't necessarily have to but if you are going to do that and you're going to move that sort of time jump it gets to a point where you've either got to put sort of age makeup but if you're dealing with space travel it's not really a 50 60 year old maybe you can get away with going to space 70 80 year old on sort of regular space travel i i think would be a little unbelievable so they are going to have to bring up some of the younger characters and have some cast changes in there potentially the longer this show goes on but the third season was absolutely superb i really really enjoyed watching through it i was it was one of those things i was kind of glad i had the whole thing in one go because i could just binge through every episode (laughs) and uh yeah i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed where they went with that it has a solid story throughout the attempt to get to mars i think is is really really interesting and that race being back on brings something more to it as well and you know there's a a lot more going on because you've got the kind of cold war stuff still running between the usa and russia but then you've got private companies coming in as well so there's a lot going on with it but uh really really solid series and um thoroughly worth watching if you haven't watched for all mankind the basic premise of the start of that was that the Russians beat the Americans to the moon and that basically meant that instead of the space race kind of finishing there, the Americans carried on and then it became the first moon base and then first Mars. So it accelerated a lot of the technology and a lot of the space race stuff and made it into a much bigger thing than it is in our timeline than it is in the For All Mankind timeline. So um, it's a really interesting premise. It's wonderfully written really well put together and uh, third season is out on the 10th and it is well well worth watching so go and check that out so that's on apple tv if you want to go and watch that that's all the things we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So we kick off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups. There are a few cancellations. One of them I know has got a lot of people very upset. Raised by Wolves, which is the HBO Max series, has been canned after two seasons. Although Scott Free, which is Ridley Scott's company who make it, are attempting to shop it round to other places. HBO Max have dropped it after two seasons. So it's sort of, I think, become collateral damage of the uh, Warner Discovery merger by the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. Which is a real shame because it's an interesting, different sci-fi show. I mean, it sounds like they had their budget slashed quite a lot for the second season from what I've been reading around about it. Mm. And now they've been cancelled entirely. Hopefully somebody else steps in and picks it up. I mean, you know, it would fit well on Amazon, I think, would be quite a good home for it. They don't Uh, have the expanse anymore, so. Well, exactly. I think it would be a solid space-based show for somebody like them to pick up. And I am enjoying it halfway through the second season at the moment. It's been a good show, but at the moment that is cancelled. But we'll see whether anybody else steps in for mm. it. I saw season one then, and obviously it was a long time before season two came out. Mm-hmm. And then season two came out, I think I was watching other stuff at the time, and then, you know, they dumped eight or ten episodes in front of me, and I was like, okay, I'll watch that eventually. And then I sort of, like, slowly lost motivation to watch it because other things kept coming up or whatever, and a lot of time has passed, and now it's been cancelled, so. Yeah. But if it gets picked up somewhere else for a third season, then I'll maybe step back and watch season two. Yeah. A so. couple of other cancellations, nowhere near as big as shows, uh, there's a show called The Legend of the Hidden Temple, which has been cancelled by the CW. I only mention this because it makes it like the 12th show I think the CW has cancelled this year. It was kind of a challenge game show, a bit like sort of the Crystal Maze or Takeshi's Castle because it took place outside in the real world with people running into the sea and things like that. So it's one of those kind of puzzle game show things. That's been cancelled by the CW. So that yeah, I think that makes it the 12th show that they've cancelled since the axe started to come down on their stuff. And because we can't go a week without Netflix cancelling something there's a thing called The Midnight Gospel which was an animated series apparently it's a bit like Tucker and Bertie which is the uh, Adult Swim series I think but it's got that sort of vibe to it that was The Midnight Gospel and that's been cancelled after one season wasn't even aware of it until I saw it on here as happens with a lot of Netflix shows they put a TV show out they don't tell you it exists and then two months later because nobody watched it because nobody knows it exists they cancel it yes basically how that works yeah seems to be quite enjoyed by the few people that actually found it but there you go in terms of renewals Netflix have been renewing things there are a number of Netflix things coming up later on in the news as well but is it cake that have renewed for a second season have you seen any of this? I know what it is. Um, yeah. But no, I've not I've not got any sort of reason to watch it. So. No, neither have I. Is it cake for those of you who haven't seen it? It's basically a game show where they bring out objects and ask whether it is the actual object or whether it's something that somebody has made out of cake by a very talented cake maker. That seems to be the premise for the show, and it has now got a second season. I mean, I'm sure it's cheap for them to make, so you know, it's got that going for for it, I guess. Uh, yeah. Is It Cake has got a second season. Slightly better. Uh, All of Us Are Dead, which I think was a South Korean series, that's got a second season as well on Netflix, so that is coming back. That's that zombie show that I quite enjoyed. I didn't think it needed a second season, and I <laughs> don't know what you're going to do with a second season. Obviously, you can just have, like, hey, more zombies, characters run away, and you continue from there, but they wrapped it up quite well for season one. The good news, I suppose. Yes. 
so that's back for a second season. Black Lady Sketch Show, that's been renewed for season four by HBO. That runs on Sky Comedy over here. Our Flag Means Death, which is uh, Takita Wahiti's pirate comedy thing, that's been renewed for season two by HBO Max. So that is coming back. Still hasn't been picked up over here. I really wish somebody would take it, but it uh, hasn't landed anywhere yet. We've got a number of things actually renewed for two seasons. Slow Horses, which was the Apple TV series with Gary Oldman. It's based on a series of books. I thought the first season was brilliant. It's got a second season coming out later this year because I think they filmed season one and two back to back. It's now been renewed for season three and four. So that will be coming back and you'll have at least four seasons of that. Over on the BBC, they've renewed Inside Number 9 for two more seasons. I know you've watched this and you weren't very impressed with the latest season, but I've not watched it. I've kind of bypassed me completely in this show. That's going to be back for two more seasons. Yeah, I think this show's not been as good in the last two seasons because they have six episodes in each season. So out of the last 12 episodes, which is the last two seasons, I've liked one episode Mm. out of that. And this might seem like a smaller thing but it it kind of shows some signs in each episode there's supposed to be a thing that is a number nine Um, so for example in one of the episodes take this boat trip and the boat has got number nine on it Mm -hmm. that's okay this season in two separate episodes they have a front door of a building with number nine and that's what they chose for that they've also done that before in a previous season so it's little things like that and sort of some of the writing on the show which is just kind of slipped away a little bit right and some of the ideas and stuff just just haven't really kind of clicked as much for me Mm. um me personally once I got to the end of season seven and it's an anthology show anyway so you don't really get cliffhangers because each episode's a separate yeah. thing I finished the season and thought okay I don't really need any more of this show obviously it's come back anyway but I would like to see the show to get back to the glory seasons of like one two and three if mm. they want to do that but it's going to come back and we'll see what they uh, plan in the future yeah, seasons as you say it so. is an anthology show so it's not like they have to I mean the only thing they need to do is stick a number nine in there somewhere but I get what you're saying about oh. the fact that they've kind of used it being the house number nine a couple of times now kind of seems to think that they've sort of thought of a story and thought oh we need to put number nine in here somewhere just slap it on the door you know mm. so if you're going to come up with a premise then yeah I mean okay, yeah. Fine, I, know, I know that's a smaller element but it's still kind of like oh you did that again yeah twice in the same season that's got six episodes yeah and they also did that in like season one or two yeah so. I don't know whether that is indicative of like the wider writing but that does smack slightly of a little bit of lazy to me I mean I've not watched the show so I can't judge it but Um, the other thing that's been renewed for two more seasons is what we do in the shadows that's the FX series airs on well has been airing on the BBC whether it continues to air on the BBC or goes over onto Disney Plus moving forward I don't know which is entirely possible because they seem to be reclaiming a number of their shows but uh, what we do in the shadows will be back for two more seasons so that's seasons five and six we still haven't had season four over here yet so there's at least three more seasons in the UK to watch in terms of pickups and other news DC released a trailer for Gotham Knights the new kind of thing that is basically replacing Batwoman I guess because it is a bunch of Batwoman writers that are writing it have you seen this trailer? yeah it's terrible (laughs) I was going to say thoughts but yeah straight out there yeah it is 
awful. I have multiple problems with it, and it's not just me. The general reaction across the board, with the exception of fans of Supernatural that were quite excited because Misha Collins is in it, and That's was like posting yeah. photos of me to Misha Collins going, hey, Misha's got a new show, which I get entirely. I love Misha. Yeah, he's yeah. a lovely, lovely human being. We've had interview time with him, and he's great. So I'm glad he's got a new TV show. I'm glad he's working. That's wonderful. And he's playing Harvey Dent, which I think is a, you know, uh, and it, it's mm-hmm. Harvey Dent as opposed to Two-Face, but if they do turn him into Two-Face, I can see him do both of those roles brilliantly. So yeah. that's great. Issues I do have with it. The entire setup for it, I think, if you've listened to the show before, you know what the setup is, but it's a rebellious adopted son of Bruce Wayne basically bands together an alliance of the children of Batman's enemies after Bruce Wayne is murdered. So they kill off Bruce Wayne, aka Batman, and his adopted son and a bunch of the kids of regular enemies all get blamed for the murder and they all band together and decide to not only try and clear their names, but also protect Gotham now that Batman isn't around to do that. Which is fine. The Gotham Knights video game, this is somewhat telling, is uh, Belfry, who are the people that are making the Gotham Knights video game, came out and said, uh, we'd just like to say that the upcoming TV show, which bears the same name, is a separate project and we have no connection <laughs> with each other. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's a little bit telling that like even the other part of like somebody else that's working on a DC property is going nope yeah. nothing to do with us so there's that which is a weird marketing thing I mean it shows how out of control DC is at the moment that they left two projects which are going to drop at around about the same time I think um, yeah. come out that both have exactly the same name which means that from a marketing point of view they're battling for hashtags and search engine finds mm-hmm because one's a video game and one's a TV show, but they've both got the same name. So if you type in Gotham Knights, you'll get one more than the other. So there's that. But in terms of the actual show itself, it really, really bugs me that they've done for an entirely new character to play the adopted son. As somebody who's a fan of DC Comics... Why? It's a character called Turner Hayes. He's a complete invention for the TV show. And... When you've got Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Jason Todd, even Duke Thomas or the actual son Damian Wayne to pick from, or a myriad of other characters you could have used, why have you decided, oh, we'll just invent an adopted son? To put in here makes no sense to me at all and alienates a bunch of the DC fans because it's unnecessarily altering something mm-hmm. um, so that's one of the issues I have with it the other thing that I saw is it looks basically like a cheap version of Titans which yeah, yes yeah. yes it does it's also somewhat stealing plot points from Marvel's Runaways because the sort of idea of a bunch of villains kids trying to do the right thing is exactly the plot from Marvel's Runaways Yeah. so there's that as well a couple of people may making comments about the fact that Hollywood seems to have an obsession with replacing any red-headed characters with completely non-red-headed actors as well because there are a number of red-headed characters in this and they've replaced Carrie Kelly with a person of colour which you know fine and all for representation I'm fine with them changing characters races and all that sort of stuff no problem with that at all but at least give her the red hair you know <laughs> even if it's dyed in some way I don't get the obsession with like yes you need 
representation, but what about representation for ginger people? You know? Right. Because with um, Leslie Grace's Batgirl, who we've seen a few photos of, they've got her with a redhead wig, yeah. I think, which is like definitely the fine way to do that. Because I, is it Carrie Kelly who said, I couldn't either couldn't remember or didn't know that she was supposed to be redheaded. That sort of just went over my head when I was watching the trailer. But now that you've mentioned that, that's interesting as well. Yeah. So they yeah. do seem a little bit obsessed with doing that. Which yeah. is a very, very simple thing to do. A very, very, very simple thing to do. Yes, it is a little weird that they do seem to do that an awful lot. The other thing is, is obviously there's a lot of anger still out there about the fact that people that were fans of Batwoman or Legends are angry that this is the show that got picked up when those two shows were cancelled. Yeah, that's understandable. So there's a lot of people upset about that. And it does also bring in this additional problem of it can't be part of the Arrowverse. It kind of shows, again, a kind of directionlessness. You can't make this part of the Arrowverse going, oh, Batman's dead, who will protect it now? Well, if it was part of the Arrowverse, you had a Batwoman until very recently protecting Gotham. Mm-hmm. Who was in Arrowverse's Gotham, yeah. Yeah, who was in Arrowverse's version of Gotham. So if unless you're going to sort of passingly kill off that character or remove her in some way, then this has to be a different universe. And, you know, they live in a multiverse, fine, but it does stop you from directly linking it into those other shows. And when you've spent the last mm. however many years, 10 years, basically saying, oh, you know, we've got this Arrowverse, we've got this CWverse, they don't live in a vacuum, all these shows are interconnected, and you've really just thrown all that away. It's just weird. There's a lot of weird decisions made with the show. Yeah. I did say we wrote this up, you could probably have just given Misha Collins a show with him sitting in a chair reading bedtime stories, and it would have got as much of a positive <laughs> reaction as it would have just making like this whole thing. So the trailer is up on the website. Sorry to say it is pretty awful, but it is there. I don't hold out a huge amount of hope for it in all honesty, yeah. but we'll see. To, to talk about your um, the character selection thing that you mentioned, I think I know what has happened there because they've done this before. You know, if you look at the four Gotham Knights characters from the game, right? You've got Batgirl, Robin, one of the Robins, you've got um, Red Hood, and you've got Nightwing, right? All of those characters are on Titans. So they either yeah. had it as a situation where they thought, okay, no, we don't want to either cast new versions of like new people to play those characters or bring them over. Obviously, if you bring them over from Titans, then it sort of ruins Titans. I think what they kind of did was look at that and think, no, you can't use those characters again for this show that needs these sort of characters instead of inventing new ones, as you said. Although they could also use Damian Wayne, but they didn't decide to do that either. Yeah. It's weird how, because the one you said that they made up is a Robin. It's like, have we not got enough of those to, well, to choose from? Yeah, I, I, like, you see, I don't know whether he is a Robin or was he not. not? I, no, I, from what I got no. the trailer, I, I, I don't know. But there is one that hasn't been used, which is Duke Thomas. He's got various names, but like the signal, but he was a Batman sidekick. He has been a sort of Robin, but you know, so there was a character that they could have used in there without stepping on anybody's toes. And mm. I sort of understand if maybe they're saving Damian Wayne for something else and they didn't want this to be the first introduction of him because he is Bruce's actual son. But he would have been a perfect fit for this show because he's a murderous little sociopath and he's exactly the type of character that would have found yeah. a way of getting all the villains together. He he would have worked as a great anti-hero and Admittedly, I maybe would have wanted to see that as a HBO Max series rather than as a a CW series because I think it would have been better to do that with a slightly higher age rating. But there is an interesting show with that setup in there, but it's not this, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 
But no, simply put with the character selection thing, I think maybe CW pitched this, they gave it to them, but, but then Warner Brothers said, no, you can't use those Titans characters because they're on Titans. Yeah, maybe. And they tend to just block things like that. Yeah. Quite possible. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we'll see. But yes, I mean, it's coming out, I think next year is the idea for that. But yeah, we'll see when it drops. We'll see what the actual reviews are like. But it's fair to say that- Is that reaction- not this fool, as they call it? No, I don't think it is. I think it's oh, that's actually- when the game's out. Right, okay, so it's the game's actually going to beat it. I think they've actually said this is 2023. So it will be mid-season, which means that it's like January, February. So right. it will be early in the new year, I would think. We'll see when it drops, but not looking great at the moment. And certainly the reaction online was not positive. So... But that's Gotham Knights anyway. Nobody has picked that up over here yet either, obviously, because it's a bit too early for that. And given the reaction it got, I'm not entirely sure whether anybody will. Do you think it'll just be killed after one season? Very, very hard to say at this point, because with the way things are at the CW, and if they do get a new owner, because they are selling the CW, if a new person comes in, I mean, who knows what will happen. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Moving over onto Disney and sticking with uh, comic book characters, I Am Groot, which is a series of little shorts that has been given a premiere date that's coming on august 10th they've announced so uh, that'll be a little bunch of shorts featuring Groot. that'll be one to look out for over on nbc there might be some good news for magnum pi fans as there seems to be some discussion about rescuing the cancelled cbs series this was certainly the thing out of everything that was cancelled during the bloodbath this was the one show this year that there was a lot of people going no you can't cancel that it is made by nbc which is why nbc are likely to be a home if they do manage to get a new season for it they're talking about possibly running new seasons on nbc and putting all the old seasons on the usa network which is also owned by nbc universal the problem is it was a co-production with cbs and cbs were the people that cancelled it originally but the reason for the cancellation wasn't numbers the reason for the cancellation was cbs and nbc couldn't come to a deal over the licensing fee now if nbc want to run it on their channel they will still have to come to some sort of deal over money with cbs and that may be a sticking point because essentially it means that they've stolen the show from cbs um (laughs) that might not go down well and if cbs wanted to be bloody minded about it it could just say no we're not letting you do it so i don't know whether they'll manage it or not there is some negotiation work to do there but it might be a little tricky because you know it was nbc saying no no we want more money for it and now the shoe's kind of on the other foot because they've got to go back to cbs and say can we have a deal to be able to run this and save the show and run it on nbc so we'll see what happens with that but there is a glimmer of hope that that if you're a fan of magnum pi they may get a new season but don't know yet there was a little bit that came out about upload season three on the episode count if you're wondering i think we may have had a conversation about this about the fact that it was mm, slightly I was, less I was catching up with it wasn't i yeah. yeah and it was less episodes the reason it was fewer episodes was robbie amell was talking to a reporter and said there was a bit of a covid issue so it took the same amount of time to make fewer episodes so the mm. chances are that the third season because it is renewed for a third season the chances are that the third season will be more episodes again it was basically just covid that's why they got chopped down 
We'll see. Mm. Yeah, it's that sounding like it might be back up to full strength again. Back onto the CW, there was a little bit that popped up about uh, Justice U, which was the John Diggle series with David Ramsey. We probably have mentioned this before, but the basic premise for this is after spending years fighting alongside mask heroes, John Diggle embarks on a new mission to recruit five young metahumans to live undercover as freshmen at a prestigious university. There he will oversee their education and train them to become heroes of tomorrow. So it's basically an excuse to have Diggle being as a sort of Obi-Wan to teaching a bunch of right. beautiful looking CW cast kids, basically. <laughs> um, that That's the set up for that. It was rumoured to be in development back in January and then didn't pop up in any of the pilot things. So I think a few people have been saying, oh, is that being canned? It is apparently still in development, that. So, I mean, that is an Arrowverse show. Well, at the moment, it seems to be anyway. So we'll see whether that pops up. Just give him a green light and HBO Max show. That's what we actually want him to do. Yes. As much as this idea has a 50-50 chance of being good, I mean, given what we just saw with the other new team <laughs> show set up, I, I, I don't give it high odds. Obviously, this has got John D in it as well so it's already got a bit of a boost but what I'm trying to say is you've got more chance of success if you put him in the show that people have been asking for him to be put into since the end of Arrow which is just to make him Green Lantern but don't do it on, C- do, do on HBO Max don't do that on the CW yeah. that's the problem isn't it because they've already got that supposed Green Lantern HBO Max show so you can't really do two of them so yeah. I don't know what the solution is to that because um, no. previous bad decisions have been made and I don't know how to write those wrong. <laughs> yes. so, yeah. yeah so we'll have to see but yes, it was weird how that whole Green Lantern ring thing kind of fizzled out. So his characters talked about that on a few episodes, but it, nothing's like happened with it. Because I think during all the last seasons, so like with Batwoman and Flash and stuff. Yeah, it's him sort of deciding whether I, he's going to do like that. I think he made like appearances on, on, yeah. on the episodes and he... Alluded to yeah, it. Yeah, I think he talked to Luke about it on, on Batwoman and then just nothing like happened with it, so... Yeah, it is apparently still in development, that Justice U series, but uh, whether it comes to anything, we'll have to wait and see. Going... Over onto Paramount Plus UK, which of course we know is launching on the 22nd of June. We have got a little bit of information about how they're formatting some of their stuff. So some things are dropping as box sets, some things are dropping three episodes and then weekly, as they've just done with the boys on Amazon. Box sets that are going to be there at launch will be Yellow Jackets, American Rust, Mayor of Kingstown. They're dropping all their first season box sets up on there. iCarly is dropping season one as a box set of launch with the second season going on as a box set in July. First Lady, which is about the US First Ladies, that's going to be a box set at launch. The Offer, which is a mini-series about the making of The Godfather, that's a box set at launch. Yellowstone, that's going to have seasons one to three as box sets at launch. And I think that's got more seasons than that, but they're only putting one to three on at launch, apparently. 1883, which is the Yellowstone prequel series, that's going on as a box set at launch as well. Weekly series, Strangeness World's Halo, Manu Fell to Earth, Super Pump the Battle for Uber, they are all going to be first three episodes and then going out weekly, which is kind of annoying because Halo's completely run in the US and Strange New Worlds mm-hmm. is already well into its first season. So slightly annoying yeah. that they're doing that, particularly with those shows. But have we mm-hmm. How many Strange New Worlds episodes have they had? Like three or something? You're not sure whether they've had three or four, but so yes. like just started, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that means that we're going to be a little bit further behind rather than them being right up to date. But mm. anyway, 
anyway, they are doing that. And Halo, it is that's completely run in the US already. So the one other thing is a uh, drag singing competition called Queen of the Universe. It's hosted by Graham Norton. Uh, episode one at launch, and then that's going out weekly. I'm not sure whether that's gone out in the US yet or not, but mm-hmm. that will be on there as well. Did they say anything about Discovery? I know it ran out on Pluto or whatever, but... I'm not sure. It wasn't in any of the stuff that I've had so far specifically, okay. but they're only highlights of new things. And as you say, Discovery's already been run out. So right. technically it's run all over here already. So. Yeah. So I think it will be on there probably as a box set, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, they're certainly not highlighting it in any way at the moment. And they've not mentioned the other Star Trek shows either. They're right. just highlighting Strange New Worlds right now. That's stuff coming on the 22nd of June. There will be a lot more than that, but that's what they've mentioned so far. Also on the 22nd of June, as I think is a slight F you to Paramount Plus, um, <laughs> Disney Plus UK are dropping Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. There's a slight sort of screw you to Paramount Plus, I think, is sort of they're dropping that at the same time. But I haven't actually seen the film yet, so I'm quite glad about that. That is going to be available to stream for free, as far as we can tell. They don't seem to be putting that silly premium thing on it. So, uh, yes. Yeah that is going to be dropping on there. So I'm looking forward to seeing that, but that's 22nd of June on Disney+. Plus. Netflix today as well had started their Geeked Week, which is a week-long thing of virtual panels and they're dropping trailers left, right and centre. So they made quite a lot of announcements just on the first day because they're doing this throughout the entire week, but there's a lot of stuff that came out on the first day. They released a sneak peek of Manifest, Manifest Season 4, which is the final season, but it's 20 episodes long. So so it's split into two halves of 10. That is, of course, the show that was dropped by, I want to say NBC, I think it was. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah, NBC dropped it and then Netflix picked it up. We don't know whether the old seasons are going to end up on Netflix as well, but the uh, new season is coming at some point in 2022, certainly for that first half. Don't know when yet. They haven't given the exact date, but that is coming. They also dropped a trailer for Resident Evil. There's a full trailer up for that as well, for that live action Resident Evil series trailer for warrior nun season two which is i think that was 2019 the first season of that run and i really enjoyed the first season of that mm. um it was good yeah winter 2022 for that and there is a trailer so you can watch that lock and key that now has a premiere date for its third and final season that's the 10th of august that's coming on to netflix fate the wink saga season two of that is coming in the autumn that will be back for its second season season two of shadow and bone don't have a date yet but they have wrapped filming so i rather suspect that's going to be end of the year at the very earliest it may even be 2023 for when that actually comes out because there'll be post-production but they've wrapped principal photography on that so that is good barbarians that is coming back for a second season in 2022 as well but they haven't given an exact date wednesday which is this uh, adam's family thing from tim burton that is coming in 2022 but again no exact date for that yet alice in borderland they've said season two of that will be coming in well they've said coming soon so presumably that's in 2022 and that's presumably over the next few months if they're saying coming soon but yes they're also posted a first look at Guillermo del toro's 
Joe's Cabinet of Curiosities, which is a new horror series, which is sort of put together. That is coming in 2022. So they've got a lot mm. of stuff coming out in 2022. Yeah. And they put up a trailer for 1899, which comes from the creators of Dark. It's a horror mystery series about a group of European migrants whose journey to New York turns into a nightmare when they come across another ship adrift in the ocean. That looks like it could be quite interesting and a quite a good, solid horror series. You liked Dark, didn't you, I think? I did like the first two seasons. I didn't dislike it to not see the third one. I just haven't seen the third one yet. Right, but, um, okay. I, I liked it. It's quite a complicated show. But, yes. Uh, well, I, uh, I think very good. this is, Sandy, this is called 1899. It's sounding like it's going to be another quite complicated show as well. Yes, okay. that they posted a trailer for that as well. The Sandman got a new trailer. That's Neil Gaiman's series based on his comic books. That is also got a premiere date. It's coming on the 5th of August for that. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, looks really good from the trailer. And it seems to be being made by a group of people who are, like even the cast, are huge fans of the comic book. So it's a good That's group helpful. of people to, behind it. It's gaming behind it as well. Looks like it's going to be really solid. Is that the same guy that did Good Omens? Or am yes. I thinking of somebody else? No, oh, okay. you're the same guy. He co-wrote Good Omens and then Samban is his comic book. So uh, yeah, mm. the, that's really good that he's involved in it directly and they've made a few tweaks for things, but it's him doing it. So that's allowable. But uh, <laughs> 5th of August for that and the trailer is up on the website. That looks really good. There was another bit of news that dropped out today as well, which I don't think technically was part of Geek Week, but um, I thought it was kind of interesting. Goran Viznich, who you'll know from things like ER and Timeless as well, was the other thing he was in. And he's been in a whole bunch of different things, but he has been cast in Vikings Valhalla, which is the continuation of Vikings, the TV series. He's going to be making his debut in the third season and he will be playing Eric the Red, which they've mentioned a couple of times but we've not seen on screen yet. He's the father of Leif Erikson and Freydis. He will be turning up at some point in the third season. So uh, that's, I mean, he's a great actor. That's a great bit of casting. Basically, he hasn't been seen on screen because he's living in exile in Greenland for various crimes that he committed in Iceland and Norway. Really happy with that bit of casting and I always like, I think he's a great actor. So uh, I'll be very happy to see him joining that as well. Lots and lots of stuff came out of the uh, Netflix Geek Week and it's running all week as well. So there are panels and other things coming up throughout the week as well for that. Anything particular jump out at you, things you're waiting for? Looking forward to Sandman. Uh, that's got the woman from Game of Thrones, isn't it? Is it Gwendolyn yes. something? Yeah, Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, I thought that was her name, yeah. She's playing Lucifer. Oh, cool, cool. So. Uh, so that looks good. Yeah. Uh, Lock and Key I've not caught. Resident Evil's an interesting one because uh, we, we talked about it yesterday on um, Gaming Talk because they announced that they're doing a remake of 4 and that part right. of that and Resident Evil 8 will be playable in VR, which will be fun. Ah. A lot of the Resident Evil franchise is like not good and it's a bit all over the place. But with this being kind of a bit of a fresher look at things, this this is a chance to kind of get things right a bit. And although there was a few things with the... Because they put like two trailers out really close together. I know you said that they got a new one here, which I've not yeah. seen yet. And there's a few things that were kind of off with the trailer and stuff but it still looked like a kind of it still looks at least interesting to check out but Resident Evil's a really kind of 50-50 thing yeah. so I'm interested to see what they can do with that but those are some of the things Lock and Key like I said I've not actually started yet but I've heard good things about it you've seen that show haven't you? Yes I'm about halfway through the second season 
and I haven't got to the end of it. Not that I don't like it. It's just other things keep on popping up right. and it ends up getting pushed yeah. down my list. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I no, I do really enjoy that. I thought it, I think it's a really solid series, but um, I'm glad mm. they're sort of rounding it off. I know it's sort of three and done Netflix again, but I, right. that, in this particular case, I think it's fine to do that. Mm-hmm. It's got young kids as the leads in it as well. And I think it's one of those things that if you kept done for too long, it would make it quite difficult to uh-huh. do that because kids get older, you know, so. Yeah. What's your uh, history with Resident Evil? I have played one or two of them, I think, but I'm not hugely into horror and that extends to video games. So I've not really played it mm-hmm. very much. TV show, I'm kind of yeah, not really that concerned about. But I mean, we'll see what the fans make of it when it comes out. Um, yeah. I mean, out of the stuff on that list, I'm interested in, obviously, Sandman, Warrior Nun as well, which first season of that was yeah, really that good fun. And Manifest, because I really like that show, and I'm glad they're getting to sort of finish it off, finally, because mm-hmm. it ended on a quite a big cliffhanger, I seem to remember, so I'm glad that they're getting to get to the end of that. Yeah, I did enjoy Warrior Nun as well. One other bit of news as well, there's an August premiere date for Tales of the Walking Dead on AMC in the US. Now, I think it's going to AMC Global or AMC UK over here, which means the six people People that have AMC UK will be very happy to probably watch it the next day. They haven't actually announced a date for it in the UK yet, but I'm assuming it will go out next day because that's usually what they do with their Walking Dead and their, their exclusive premiere stuff. Yeah. Whether it will be available to buy on Amazon, because that is the case with Fear, which AMC UK over here premiere, mm-hmm. I don't know. It may be that they'll put it on so you can buy the series on Amazon next day as well, but we'll have to wait and see whether that happens or not they have released a couple of photos as well for that Terry Crews and Olivia Munn are in an episode together Poppy Lou is playing a character called Amy in it apparently one interesting one that stood out to me Samantha Morton is listed as a character called D now I can't remember whether they ever gave a name to Alpha as before she was Alpha I can't remember whether they ever named her as somebody I don't don't even remember that happening in the comics yeah so I'm assuming it's an Alpha backstory but we weird to have a play somebody else unless they're saying mm. Alpha had a twin sister mm. but yes she's listed huh. there is a photo of her with a listed playing Samantha Morton as D just D D double E alright okay yeah. yeah so that's interesting there is a shot mm. of Anthony Edwards as a character called Dr. Everett and I did look whether there'd been a Dr. Everett before but the only Everett we've seen is Lee Everett from the Walking Dead video game the Telltale games, games. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't a doctor so I'm assuming Assuming it's nothing to do with that, but hmm. there is that. And the other characters, nobody else sort of really kind of jumps out. There's a, a shot of Jesse T. Usher in there. Oh, that's um, A-Train, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. Yes, you're right. Huh. So he's playing a character called Devon. Mm-hmm. But there's Idilla and Eric, the two characters, played by Daniela Pinada and Danny Ramirez, and Julian Bell playing Gina and Parker Posey playing Blair. But I mean, those names don't mean anything to me in that. No. So who knows? Yeah, like I say, the one that really stood out to me was the fact that Samantha Morton, there's a picture of her playing a character called D. So 
Yes. Huh. Um, yeah. He also got um, Terry Crews in there, as you mentioned. It's going to be interesting seeing him, him in like The Walking Dead world. Yes, yeah. Uh, he, from, like, from like all the comedy of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and all that going from that to The Walking Dead. There is a shot of him riding a motorbike with a sidecar and Olivia Munn is the other character he's with. No names for those two, I don't think, but uh, huh. Olivia Munn's in the sidecar and he's on the motorbike. So that that's going to be an interesting sort of one to see him. But yes, Sunday 14th of August at 9pm on AMC in the US. Usually when that happens, they'll either simulcast it in the UK for 2am or they'll run it in the evening on AMC UK. They haven't officially announced that yet, but we'll see. One of the advantages of that show is you can bring back, because it's an anthology thing, you can bring back the characters that have died and tell stories with those. Yeah. Or you can have like random characters or people related to people or whatever you want to do. I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing that too. I just hope it actually airs somewhere other than AMC UK because yeah. nobody has AMC UK due to the fact that it's stuck on a stupid deal with BT. But hopefully it will go up on Amazon as well, which is what happens with Fear. But we'll have mm. to wait and see. That's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> So, highlights for next week. A already packed TV schedule is about to get even more packed. We have Killing It starting on E4, which starts on the 8th of June at 10pm. This is a new comedy about class capitalism and one man's quest to achieve the American dream. I think it's a Peacock series in the US, and I think it was announced as a Peacock series over here and then randomly showed up on E4 for some reason. But uh, yes, called Killing It. It's from the people that made Brooklyn Nine-Nine. If that piques your interest, it will be on 8th of June on E4 at 10pm. Big Sky finally returns for the second half of the second season. That is coming to Disney Plus on the 8th of June. Then also on the 8th of June, they have the next big Marvel series. That's Miss Marvel. That starts for its first season. That's on the 8th of June. I'm very much looking forward to that. 10th of June for All Mankind Season 3, as I was mentioning earlier, that lands on Apple TV. Well, well worth going to watch, so go and check that out. Over on Netflix on the 10th of June, there is a vampire series called First Kill. It's a YA vampire story about teenage vampires whose first kill turns out to be more complicated than she could possibly imagine. I think that's aimed at you sort of Vampire Diaries crowd. I get the impression with that, but that's called First Kill, and that's the 10th of June on Netflix. Mm. Hacks Season 2, a arrives on the 10th of June over on Prime Video. That was brilliant, the first season of that, so uh, go and check out the second season. That's the one about the Las Vegas comedian that gets sort of forced to team up with an entitled outcast television writer, and it's hilariously funny. That's Hacks, season two, 10th of June on Prime Video. Neighbourhood, season four, check that out on the 13th of June. That's on E4, for the fourth season. There is a new crime drama that's called Sherwood. That's coming to BBC One. That's on the 13th of June at 9pm. That's from James Graham, who wrote things like Quiz and Brexit, The Uncivil War, and that stars David Morrissey. So that will be decent, high quality, BBC, you know the sort of thing. And mm -hmm. uh, Miss Scarlet and the Duke, season two, that returns to Alibi. That's on the 14th of June at 9pm. Lots to be getting on with there, on top of the things that you're already starting to watch now that came back last week and returned mm -hmm. and stuff. Lots and lots of TV. We did say June was going to be really quite crazy. So uh, lots oh, of Oh, I things. wasn't joking. Yeah, no, you weren't <laughs> at all. If people want to find all your podcast stuff, where can they go and find you? You can find me over on entertainmenttalk.org or search for the same name on your favorite 
on our podcast platform, doing TV, games, films, May United podcasts. Uh, Westworld's about to come back as well. Reviewed uh, Stranger Things, so that was good to do. Still doing the gaming talk stuff, obviously, with the, uh, the big state of play happening. Uh, Lightyear is, of course, coming out this month, which is more important than everything else, because that's Toy Story, so I'll be checking that out, of course, as well, later in the month. Done a few football stuff. Do a podcast about Liverpool after they lost that Champions League final. I uh, did a wrap-up for the May United season, so did all that stuff. Also, it is Pride Month, so happy uh, Pride Month to all the LGBTQ people out there. And even if you're not LGBTQ, of course, you can still get involved and uh, still celebrate the, the great month and everything like that. But yeah, that's me. You can also find me on Twitch as well, the Talk UK. And if you miss those, all the game clips and everything else, basically my game content, you can find those over on YouTube at Entertainment Talk Plays on the YouTube channel. So that's uh, me at the moment. Go and check Matt out over there. If you want to check other people involved in the show, you can find Bex over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. She's streaming daily, various evening streams. She is uh, currently playing Tomb Failure, watching her fall off things in real life and with Lara on screen. And uh, she's also in the process of building a rat castle out of cardboard for reasons I won't go into, but that's quite entertaining. She was doing that on Sunday. Go and check Bex out on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. Daryl, you can go and find on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series which you love that are shot in Canada. For us, you can visit the website at geektime.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektime.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.